So good. Well, we're getting ready to jump into a new sermon series here at Walk Church uh, today. And I'm excited to do that because I'm a preacher at heart and I love to jump into God's word and walk through his word and teach God's word and receive God's word and feel God's word and believe God's word. And I hope that that you're encouraged by God's word today. Uh, As we start off this new series that we've titled New State of Mind. New state of mind and how Jesus transforms our thinking. Thinking is a a powerful thing. Our minds are, are a crucial component of our life, but not just our life, but but also revealed to us in the scriptures. There's a story that I want to start off the message today with that um, I hope would bring us into the reality of this sermon series a little bit more. I want, you to, I want you to use your imagination just for a moment with me, all right? And here's what I want you to think. I want you to imagine this, this scenario, this scene. And let's just picture the Pharisees over here in their holier-than-thou huddle. And they're having this group. And I just want you to picture Jesus over here with you know, his disciples, and he's just super cool, right? And I always imagine kind of a buff Jesus because he was a carpenter. He was just a strong man. Um, he was a, he's the king of kings. He's a leader, all right? And you got the Pharisees over here, and the Pharisees are in their huddle, and they're like, yo, that, that right over there, that's Jesus, okay? And the reality is we're losing, and he's winning. So we got to catch him. We got to stump him. Who's a lawyer in our group? And the lawyer goes, I'm a lawyer. I'm ready to do this. I got the perfect question for him. And they're like, all right, we're going to send you out. (laughs) Go get him. And the lawyer takes a step up to Jesus, and everybody's peering into this conversation. And Jesus is like, come on, what you got, man? Bring it. Bring it. Let's go ahead and look at it on the screen, just just in case y'all think I'm making this up. Let's go to Matthew chapter 22. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, see, Jesus will silence some people. The Sadducees went first. They gathered together, verse 35, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Verse 36, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Whoa! That's just how I'm reading it, right? He hit him with his toughest question. This is a tough question because there's 613 commandments in the law. If you were to do a casual read through the book of Exodus, Deuteronomy, Leviticus, and Numbers, you'll read all 613 laws. That's a whole lot of laws to keep. And so Jesus, being the perfect Messiah that he is, is walking out his perfect life, and the Pharisees are trying to catch him because if they they can catch him in sin, then they can know for sure he's not the Messiah. So they say, hey, let's see if he knows Out of all 613, I wonder if he'll say that there's one that's better than the other. Because all 613 are perfect, are good, and true. And so he asks them this question, and everybody's like, all right, silence. What would Jesus say? Jesus said to him without a, a moment of thinking, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and say it with me, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 40, on these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. What he's saying is everything resides on these two commands. If you were to continue reading it, it says that the Pharisees were, were shocked, were amazed 
And even this lawyer said, we're not going to catch him. <laughs> He's too sharp. He, Jesus repeated what, what Jews would call the Shema, which is found in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, where God says God is one, and here is his command, which is that you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind. Some translations would even say with all your strength, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your body. Love the Lord with all of you. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. So here's what I see when I, when I read this, that what we think about matters because it falls in line with the greatest commandment, doesn't it? As Jesus calls us to love him with all of our thinking. So your mind is a powerful tool. And so I think we should think, but we should think well. And we should think wisely. And we should examine our mind. Jesus puts the spotlight on it and says, what you think about matters. Over the next six weeks, I want us to walk through this series, this new state of mind, and talk about what it looks like to actually live out the command that's on all of our lives. See, Jesus says this is the commandment. This is not just the commandment. This is the greatest commandment. Out of all of them, the greatest commandment. Actually, all of the commandments are summed up in these two. Loving God, loving your neighbor. So as he boils that down into thinking, I want us to talk over the next six, six weeks about how do we love God with our mind and how do we love our neighbor with our mind? Not just our actions. How many of you guys know that there's a lot of fake people in the world? And they can love you by duty. The Pharisees had that down. Jesus is like, you guys love me, but you don't love me with your mind. And so Jesus is deeply passionate about our thinking. And he says, your thinking is important. Now, not only does it say that here in Matthew 22, but it also says that in the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs, chapter 23, verse 7, King Solomon writes in his supernatural wisdom, he says, for as he thinks within himself, so he is. That's deep right there. Maybe you've heard it put before, you are what you think. Or the King James Version, you are what you thinketh. It's in there. So think, friends, but think well. And think rightly. And think biblical. And think in a life-giving way that will help you be the best, most powerful, robust man or woman of God, disciple that you can be. God is passionate about our thinking. I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but he is. Let me show, you, show it to you out of what Jeremiah the prophet once said. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 10, it says, I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. God says, I'm, a te I'm testing out the mind. And maybe he doesn't say I'm testing out the action because he knows that the action actually started in the mind. That what we think about matters. Revivalist A.W. Tozer once said it like this in his book, The Holiness of God. He said, let's read it off the screen with me. I want you to read it with me. Ready? One, two, three. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Think about that for a second. The things that pop into your head when you think about God himself. 
That's why I wanted us to sing, I believe you are the way. God, I think and I believe that you are the truth and the life. Thinking rightly about God will save your life, literally, for eternity. What comes into our minds when we think about God? Do you see him as a good father? Do you see him as a bad father? Do you see him as limited? Do you see him as unlimited? Do you see him as creation or creator? Do you see him as omnipotent, all-powerful, all-good, all-gracious, all-loving, all-full of all-awesomeness, or do you see him as not? Because that will determine how you live, how you think, what you do, how you feel. So I think some of us today, we may need a new state of mind. I know for me, as I've been thinking about this series and this specific sermon and developing the different talks that are going to come within it, I've realized that what I think about is important. It matters to my life, it matters to my joy, and it matters to my God. So I hope that over the next few minutes you'll tap in with me and we'll talk about this new state of mind that's important. Do you guys agree that it's important? Do we got the framework for that? We all are on the same page that what we think about matters? All right, then we're going to dive in. Let's pray and let's ask God to meet with us and help us in our thinking right now. Just pray your own prayer for a second. Maybe you haven't prayed in years. Maybe you've never prayed. Maybe you've prayed robotic prayers. God wants you to pray your prayer right now. Jesus, right now I come before you, Lord. On this Sunday, Lord God. And we just have a moment to think. Lord, help us to think rightly. Jesus, influence our minds. This proverb says, as a man think, so he is. Help us to think how you think. I pray, God, that your word would determine what we think. That your voice would influence our mind. That the thoughts of our heart would become the thoughts of your heart. So speak to us now, we ask. That's all we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As we kick off this first installment in this series, New State of Mind, I want to use this phrase for this, ser- this sermon. Think new. Think new. So what does right thinking look like? What does a new state of mind look like? Well, it looks like thinking new. And I think that we have evidence in the Bible as to why as brothers and sisters in Christ, as Christians, as those who call themselves believers and followers of the way, truth, and life, Jesus, that we can think new. One of my favorite scriptures, it's become a life verse for me, a verse that has just stayed with me through each phase and journey and roller coaster of life has become 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Here's what this verse says right here. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Can I get an amen from somebody? Behold, the new has come. I'm going to clap with you, Miss Donna. There's one person with me. And Peter, right? Therefore, if you are in Christ, 
And I recognize maybe you're not in Christ today. The invitation is for you, though. The invitation for you to be new and to be changed and be transformed and to have a new start date today is for you today. I promise you it's true. You could become in Christ by receiving him as your Lord and Savior today and be transformed and become a new creation. You'd be a new creature. And here's what's cool. New creatures get new features. Amen? Right? New creatures get, get new things about themselves. Ezekiel chapter 36, the prophet Ezekiel, uh, gives us this promise that those who are born again, those who put their faith in Jesus, a supernatural exchange happens where there's an actual new birth. And a new birth happens in a person's heart uh, where they get a new heart. God changes out the heart of stone, this just hard, stony heart. And he replaces it with a heart that beats. And he, he changes the mind and he gives you a new mind. You're a new creature. What a good news reality. That if anyone is in Christ, this isn't just for select few. This is for anyone. Everybody say anyone. anyone. It doesn't matter how bad your past is, how much struggle you've had, how much things you've went through. If anyone is in Christ, he's big enough to wrap you in his arms and change you. You're, you become a new creature, a new creation. And the old goes away. The old has gone. It's completely gone. Don't go back to it. It's gone. And the new has come. What comes with that is a new mind. It's a new mind. Paul is teaching this to the Corinthian church. The Corinthian church was a messed up church. This church had all sorts of problems. A whole lot of sexual sin, a whole lot of issues about spiritual gifts and struggle. I love the fact that we have the letter that Paul wrote to this church from 2,000 years ago, and we can learn from it today. It's, it's so applicable today. We have that in our Bibles. Let that letter inform your thinking. Read about the Corinthians. You got not only one Corinthian book, you got two Corinthian books. Paul needed two letters for that church, right? They had a whole lot of struggle. Paul wrote one. He's like, you know, I'm going again. I got a whole nother. These are long books. These are good books. And Paul wanted to, to remind them, hey, hold on. Stop acting old if you're new if you're in Christ, you're new. In the first Corinthian book that he wrote, he says it like this in chapter 2, verse 16. Paul is now writing to different people in the Corinthian church. The Corinthian church had people that were coming in trying to deceive their thinking. Because if the enemy can change your thinking, he can change your life. If he can change what you think, like Eve, Eve was all good until the enemy changed her thinking. Right? Like Eve was like, hey, I'm good. I'm not tripping. I'm not even looking at that fruit. You know, like, like we're, we're good. Adam is somewhere off being, you know, a bad husband, and then he shows up with her, and then the enemy speaks to their minds, right? Did God really say? Well, did he really say? What? And the thinking changed, and their life changed, and, and our lives have been impacted by it. We see that happening here, and Paul says, who has understood the mind of the Lord? How about God is, has a mind? So as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We've been given a new mind, church family. The mind of Christ. That we've been given a new mind. And it's just not a random mind. It is a powerful mind. It is the, the only mind that we need. It's his mind. 
the mind of Christ. I've been thinking about this verse lately that I need to tap into the mind of Christ. Amen? That's what it looks like to think new. The new state of mind is really a Christ state of mind. It's the Holy Spirit of God that transforms us and lives in us and lives through us and changes everything about us, including our thinking. To think new is to think Christ. I want us to talk about this uh, in the next few minutes that we have. There's really three points that I want to develop today out of this, this subject, think new. All right, think new. The first point that I want you to see if you're a note taker in the room is to think renewed. Think renewed. And maybe that doesn't make total sense. Hopefully I can clarify it a little bit. Think renewed. How many of you guys believe that, that you have a new mind? You don't have to raise your hand, but that when you're in Christ, you get a new mind. Are, do you come in agreement with me on that? But how many of you always have to remind yourself of that? <laughs> like, I was gonna say it needs to be a daily thing, but I think it needs to be a moment by moment thing. Maybe that's just me. The reality is we live in a sinful world. We're not of this world, but we're definitely in the world. Praise God for that, that he's, put, he's placed us in this world for us to glorify him and enjoy him forever. And that informs our thinking. And, and now I need to think renewed. So Paul, in another book that he wrote to the church in Rome, the Roman church had all types of struggle and issue. I think all churches have struggle and issue. If you hang around this church, you'll, fi- you'll, you'll find some of that. But think rightly about it. Right? If you, think, if, you, if you renew your thinking, it'll help you. Paul writes to the Roman church in Romans 12, verse 2. He says it like this. He says, do not be conformed to this world. And maybe you'd ask, well, how? How do I not conform to the world? Well, he says, it, it, it involves your thinking. Be transformed by the renewal of of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God what is good acceptable and perfect the this simple switch in your thinking the ability to be able to change your thinking right to be able to change your thinking from the chair that fell to the sermon right here right the, the ability to be able to do that right that was planned that, that was a lie that wasn't planned I don't want to lie up here right <laughs> It worked, though, um, to be able to transform your thinking, right, to renew your mind. You got to renew it. Moment by moment, you'll be able to test God's will for your life. This is from the ESV translation, which we read from primarily, but I read this verse in the NLT translation. I thought it was powerful as well. Here's what the verse says in the NLT. Um, Do do we have it? Uh, Don't... Uh, there we go. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Did y'all catch that? That's a deep verse right there. That's a hard one to live, but it is true. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. That's what we're talking about here. To not copy the behavior and customs of this world. If you hang around with the world long enough, that's what you'll start to think about. But he says, don't copy that. Let God transform you into a new person, the new creature with new features. And what happens is that changes the way you think. And here's what happens when you change the way you think. You learn to know God's will for you. Now this verse right here will set you free. Listen to this. God's will for you. I want you to repeat these words after me. God's will for you is good. Say good. Good. 
Pleasing? Pleasing. Perfect. Perfect. One more time. Good? Good. Pleasing? Pleasing. Perfect. Perfect. I want to do an exercise with you. If you're watching us online, do this exercise online at home. Right now, just, I want you to, this might be weird, but just do it with me. Just say, self, Self. God's will will for me me is good, good. pleasing, Pleasing. and perfect. Do you feel better? Do you feel better? Can you clap and can you amen that? I needed to do that. Moment by moment, I need to preach to my heart, self, heart, God's will for my life is good, pleasing and perfect. Hide and think new. Think new. Don't conform to this world. Don't copy the patterns and behaviors of the world, but do the opposite. Change your thinking. Well, I, this, this is a promise from God. One of the things I've been doing recently in my own life is just beginning to start circling God's promises and start praying his promises over my life. There's another verse in the book of Corinthians that says all God's promises are yes and amen in Christ. Amen? They're yes and amen in Christ. This is a promise in Christ. One of the things I did recently was I just went over to my son's door, Epaph. He's three years old, and I just put my hand on his door, and I said, God, your plan for him is good, pleasing, and perfect. I just needed to remind myself of that. Amen? That's true for us think that way transform your thinking with his mind renew your mind with his word renew your mind with church renew your mind with fellowship renew your mind with right thinking maybe right music maybe right tv shows see sometimes what happens in christianity is we become a believer and then we we turn into a pharisee so quick well you can't watch this you can't listen to this you can't do this You don't do that, but we don't understand why. You just don't do it. But what I want to encourage you is, I'm not saying that you need to take all your secular music and throw it away. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying you have to stop watching that TV show that you know you probably should stop watching. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is if you really want to transform your mind, if you really want to think rightly, then put things into your mind that will help you think that way. It's a promise in in doing so because here's what happens. You start to think, if I do that, Pastor, my life's going to be boring, dull, and whack. (laughs) Speak and say, hold up, mind, you're off. You're off. God told me it's going to be good and pleasing and perfect. Not bad and unpleasing and imperfect. What a lie from Satan. As if God's will for your life is not those things. It is those things. He says you can test it by your thinking. Just change your thinking. Or you can think in your own mind and completely reject what we're talking about. Proverbs 28, Solomon, he once did this. It ended up bad for him. He says, whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool. What I'm just saying today is don't be foolish. Your mind is limited. Our minds are sinful. They're contaminated. We need to think new. We need to think renewed. He who walks in wisdom will be delivered. The person who walks with wisdom will experience deliverance. The person who walks with a new mind will experience deliverance. Dr. Caroline Leaf wrote a book on thinking called Switch on Your Brain. 
And she has several books out right now that talk about how to change your thinking. And one of the things she says is, as we think, we change the physical nature of our brain. As we consciously direct our thinking, think about that for a second. You just did it. You, you thought about it for a second. That you can start redirecting your thoughts. We can wire out toxic patterns of thinking and replace them with healthy thoughts. So there's toxic thoughts that, that, that jump into our minds and they stem out of our idle factory hearts. And we have the choice in that moment because we have a new mind. We have the spirit of Christ. We have the mind of Christ to redirect thoughts and to think rightly. I would encourage you, that's what it looks like to think renewed. Moment by moment throughout the day, think renewed. Does that make sense? If it makes sense, say, I got it. I got it. I got it. Let me give you the second point in the message today. Think Jesus. Think Jesus. Think Jesus. You have the mind of Christ. Think Jesus. If you've never learned about Jesus, you can, by reading about him or listening to an audio Bible, we have four books. God was kind to us to give us four gospel books. The word gospel means good news. We have the gospel of Matthew, which is a little bit of a longer gospel. It has a Hebrew emphasis in it. We have the gospel of Mark, which is for some of the more quick read people that just like action. Mark is only 16 chapters. Just get, let's just get to the point. Let's just see Jesus in action. You have the gospel of Luke, which is an eyewitness account for some of the people that say, or which is not an eyewitness account. It is an account of the most scholarly um, given to, to, to the man Luke by all of the eyewitnesses. The, the man Luke, the physician, the doctor Luke said, Matthew wrote a gospel, Mark wrote a gospel, but I want to have an even better gospel. I want to go to the actual eyewitnesses and interview all of them. So Luke has all these long stories and parables and details about Jesus that are not in any of the other gospels. Is Luke basically sat down with Peter and said, did you really walk on water and tell me all the details about it? And he wrote it down. And we got the gospel of Luke. And then you got the gospel of John. John would consider himself the disciple that Jesus loved and he has a unique gospel. And in doing so, you get to learn all about Jesus. And I would, I would swim in the gospels. For the last five years of my life, I'm always reading one gospel. Whether it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. There's always two books in the Bible that I'm always reading no matter what season of life. I'll always read the proverb of the day because I need wisdom and I always, I always read a part of a gospel. So right now I'm finishing up the gospel of John and then I'm going to pick another one and jump into it. I'll reread them and I always get something new because I want to think Jesus. I, I, I never want to move so far away that I'm not watching Jesus in action. And you can do that in the Gospels. Just pick one. doesn't have to be super detailed. You don't have to read a whole chapter a day. Maybe it's a chunk. We have those subheadings that the people put in there for us. You can read in between those and say, I'm going to read from this subheading to this subheading. I'm going to think Jesus. Philippians chapter 2 verse 5 says it like this. In your relationships with one another. Remember, Jesus says, love the Lord and love your neighbor. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ. Think Jesus. Did you catch that? Think Jesus. As you meet with people this week, 
Some of you have different jobs and domains. Some of you work at the bank. Some of you work at a restaurant. Some of you work at a gym. Some of you are coaches, teachers, administrators, leaders. You serve in ministry. You, uh, you serve in the home. You are your moms, your dads. Think Jesus. As we have influences coming in and out of our minds, triggering our minds. Think Jesus. Think renewed. Pastor Hyden, how, give, me, give me a practical way how to think Jesus. All right, I want to give you just one way how to think Jesus. It comes out of a, a verse in the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verse 8. If you're ready, say ready. ready. Come on, if you're ready, say ready. ready. Everybody say finally. finally. All right, we're ready. Finally, brothers, whatever is true. How many of you guys know that Jesus is true? We just sang about it. Whatever is honorable. I believe Jesus is honorable. Whatever is just. God is just. Whatever is pure. There's only one pure, pure person that I know. His name is Jesus. Whatever is lovely, it's Jesus. Whatever is commendable, Jesus. If there's any excellence at all, it's Jesus. If there is anything worthy of praise, come on somebody, it's Jesus. Think about these things. Are we reading the same book? I need to remind myself of these things. Think Jesus. To think about, it doesn't say the opposite, but how often do we do the opposite? Whatever is false, I want to think about false things. Whatever is dishonorable, I want to think the worst about somebody. Whatever is unjust, whatever is impure, whatever is not lovely, Whatever is not, we do this in church, it's not fair. People leave church, it wasn't this, it wasn't that, it wasn't this, it wasn't that. Think about the opposite of what it was, though. Come on, somebody, right? The Bible doesn't tell us to think, it doesn't say think about whatever's false, it says think about what's true, that'll trump what's false. Right, don't think about what's unjust, think about what is just, you'll forget about the unjust. The justice will start flowing out of you. You'll start living it. Think about what's pure. That'll drive out the thoughts in your head and heart that are impure. Jesus is in the room. Think Jesus. Max Lucado once said it like this in one of his books. I thought this was a brilliant quote. He said, the mind that is full of God is empty of anxiety. Does someone need to hear that? Uh, Just me. I'll just take it for myself. I'll put it in my pocket. I'll pull it out later because I need it. The mind that's full of God. Like, like just start, start injecting God into your mind. <laughs> into your thinking. Start swimming in, in, in your mind in, in, in God. And anxiety will have to leave. Uh, the song we just sang, all my fears and doubts, they can all come too, but they won't stay long when I'm here with you. Right? They have to leave. They don't have a place when my mind and heart is full. It's full of God. God is in this place. His presence is in this place. His presence is in my thinking. His presence is in my heart. And I'm testing it by his word. And I'm experiencing his good, pleasing, acceptable, perfect will for my life. The prophet Isaiah once wrote it like this. He, he believed what I'm talking about. Read this off the screen with me. Ready? One, two, three. You keep him in perfect peace. How many of y'all want that? Don't lie. How many of y'all want that? 
whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. When you're going through a season and you sense a lack of peace, switch your mind onto Jesus. Transform your thinking. Renew it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Keep transforming your thinking and think Jesus. As I was preparing for this message, I, 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 I made some new wristbands. It was a wristband I made several years ago because I needed this reminder and I still need it today. It's a wristband that just says Ephesians 1, 7. And on this side, it says redeemed, forgiven, free. Yeah. Right? And I needed to put this on because I needed to think Jesus. And we got all types of different wristbands. And the wristbands are there to help you think rightly. Maybe you just glance at it and it says forgiven. Maybe you just glance at it and it says increase. And you're reminded, I must decrease, he must increase. Or maybe you just glance at your wristband and it says love strong. Don't love weak, love strong. I was reminded that Nina and I were in California yesterday. I was super encouraged by this. Uh, there was a, a brother who came out to, to Las Vegas several years ago and I had a, a wristband. This was a deep one. It said death to pornography on it. I said make war with that. And I saw him and he said I've worn this wristband for, for those three years and I'm walking in freedom. Come on somebody, right? Like, it, it, it was a reminder that the, I just, he goes I just need to look at it though. I just need to be reminded. And maybe you need one of these and I would encourage you to grab one. Just go to our merch store. They're free. You don't have to give anything. And just walk throughout your day and, be, and say, you know what? In Christ, I'm a new creation. I'm redeemed. I've been bought back with a price. I've been forgiven. My sins of yesterday are forgiven. My sins of today are forgiven. My sins of tomorrow are forgiven. And I've been set free to think, to think Christ, to think Jesus, to think renewed. Let me give you the last point of our sermon and we're done today. To, to think warfare. Think warfare. This is what it looks like to think new. These three points is new thinking. This, would, this will be different for you if you've never tried this. And I would say try this at home. Try it. Try this on the road. Try this at your job. Try this in all areas of life to think warfare. Matthew Henry, who wrote an excellent commentary on the entire Bible in 1706, he said it like this. He said, the mind of a man is a busy thing. If it is not employed in doing good, it will be doing evil. That this mindset thing is warfare. That we have a battle in our heads, right? It's not just the little angel and the little devil on the shoulders. It's in our minds, and it's think evil, think good. That's why Paul in Philippians says, no, think about these things. Finally, finally, I want to leave off. Think these things. Excellent, Jesus, right, pure, holy, true, worthy of praise. As we finish this up, I want you to see this last verse that we're going to look at today. Going back to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter, five, or chapter 10, verse 5. It says it like this. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Right? 
to be able to recognize and identify your thoughts and to grab it. Take captive. That's a war word, isn't it? Like to take captive of something. That's warfare right there. That's, that's dangerous right there. That's heavy stuff right there to be able to say, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to renew my mind. I'm going to have a new state of mind, and here's what it's going to look like. I'm ready for war. All right, mind, let's do this today. God's will for my life is good, pleasing, and perfect. His, his will for my life is good and true. I'm going to take any thoughts that come against that, I'm going to take those thoughts captive, and I'm going to make those thoughts obedient to Christ. Can you believe it? That's powerful right there. The apostle Paul had to do that. This church planting pastor, Paul had all types of struggle. If you read the book of Romans chapter seven, you'll see where Paul says, I keep doing the things I don't wanna do. That's why I gotta take my mind and take thoughts that are, that are not obedient to Christ and make them obedient to Christ. And I gotta surround my thinking with his word, surround my thinking with his church, Surround my thinking with God-glorifying things. Think about these things. Dr. Charles Stanley puts it like this. He says, we are to control our thoughts rather than have our thoughts control us. To control our thoughts rather than have our thoughts control us. Amen? You can do that, church family. You, you really can. You can do that. You can start saying to your thoughts, thoughts, bow down. Fear, bow down. I've been made new. I've been made true. I've been set free. I've been redeemed. I've been forgiven. And you'll start to feel forgiven. I've been set free. You'll start to feel free. You start saying, man, I've been lied to. I've been let down, now, now I feel let down. Now I feel lied to. I've been told I'm a loser, now I feel like I'm a loser. But when you start to think new, think new, church family, that, that the resurrection of Jesus is inside of us, that he resurrects our thinking. Your thinking may be down here in the grave. Let Jesus resurrect your thinking. Don't think low, think high, think right, think new. It's a new state of mind. That's what he calls us to do. Let me put those three points up on the screen one more time. I want you to just see them one more time. To, to think Jesus, right? To think new, renewed, and to think warfare, amen? It's a new state of mind.